0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of the Playful Experiences podcast. I'm your host Matthew DeLine, I'm a graduate student here in London studying independent games and playable experience design and I'm here with another of my classmates uh, and another student from another master's program here as well. I wouldn't mind introducing yourself. Oh, hey, I'm
1: uh, Toby Christmas. I study games, art, and design, so I do more of the... Um
0: modeling and style side of the gaming production. cool excellent glad to have you with us this week um got a few things uh and uh next him we have i'm billy um yeah i'm on the same course as matt and i'm good friends with toby we've done stuff
2: together
0: and we're all working on a new project together yeah soon, So yeah so uh more more to come on that soon i think what we're going to do is have an opportunity during these podcasts here to talk about what we've been working on and the fact that we're all together on a project for the rest of the summer i think it's going to be really exciting uh this is all really kind of started to come together in the past uh few days so uh that's going to be really neat um and we're excited to share more soon so um before getting into that uh we just spent maybe about a half an hour here playing around with a inside-out tracking uh, sort of one of the Windows Mixed Reality headsets. Um, uh, Billy, because it's your headset, would you mind telling us a little bit about what it is and what excites you about it? Uh, and then we'll pass it off to Toby to talk about what it was that he was doing. So He was talking it all the time. <laughs> oh, that's all right.
2: <laughs> sure, so um, the Mixed Reality headset is, is a sort of a different system than the other traditional VR setups. So, um, the special thing about this one is it has what it calls inside-out tracking. So the user's position um, is tracked from the headset itself. You don't need to set up any towers or any stations, anything like that. Um, it, it's it's kind of like you, you put the headset on, you trace the, the boundaries of your space, and you can just go. Yeah, It's, a, it's really cool to not have to, you know, you can just, if you want to start playing a VR game, just put the headset on. Yeah. And It was a very small room yeah, we were in. We were in a small room, room. but. Yeah, I it's tiny,
0: covered good. with, with, with a, table a table and mostly and chairs. Yeah. So. I couldn't even <laughs> move the whole time. <laughs> I've
2: tested it in a, in a bigger space. So, yeah. Um, so at least the size of, like, I don't know, at least like nine by nine feet by
0: nine feet. Yeah. And it feels really good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, the nice thing about sort of that as well, like when we've done we've done some VR projects in the past this year where we've had uh, mostly projects that were using the HTC Vive. And sometimes those can be really difficult to set up in a exhibition or a space-based environment mm-hmm. with those two sets of lighthouses uh, against each other without having interference problems or weird things happening. Um, so it's nice to sort of see something that doesn't necessarily rely on sort of infrared tracking the same way that those do. Mm. Uh, so I'm really curious to sort of play around with this maybe a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure, yeah. yeah. yeah Um go. Cool. So uh, Toby, what, what was it that you were playing? That uh, so. Oh, of... uh, what was it called, Media? So
2: um, you're on a sculpting program called Oculus Medium. Yeah, Medium. Yeah,
1: it was really cool. Very. I, I'm a. I use ZBrush a lot for sculpting, so it was a yeah. very different, yeah, kind of similar thing. Um, you saw what I was making, it looked like a three-year-old stalker, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> doesn't make you feel too good. But yeah, it was yeah. really fun. Um, I think one of the main differences, like on ZBrush, I have like a tablet, so it's always like something you're pushing against, like a piece yeah. of paper, yeah. and this is literally just it's the air. So it's like, oops, I yeah. actually like, yeah, dug yeah, yeah, into yeah. this yeah. or dug into that, but at the same time, it, it's
2: a uh, very like, oh, it's done. Yeah. You know what I mean? What did you think about the fact that y- you could Physically move around the space. So if do you, do you want to see, I can I, I can do that. Oh, okay, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, I guess well, I'm <laughs> right,
2: yeah, tiny room. Yeah, very tight. I couldn't uh, move
1: from where I was standing, but no, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was, I was, uh, you, were any of you at Vertex?
2: Sorry, oh Vertex. Um, no, no, no,
1: no. no what's oh, that? It's it was a um, it was a CG conference this year, early this year in uh, London. And uh, it was someone from I think it was Mill was for showing showing it off. This actually the same software and saying yeah. how I made it? how I made stuff from it? Nothing for production just yet, but I, but I think they thought the future would be yeah, you know yeah. sculpting yeah because yeah. you yeah. could just like especially with sculpting sculpting is <laughs> so much simpler because like in a today Z ZBrush it's much more like
2: it's a learning
1: it, 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 yeah a learning curve and also like you can't just be like oh I just want to create a bit there. Yeah. yeah I think they're adding something like that more now but yeah usually. Like even with Dynamesh, as other stuff is still a bit, but it has to be like, oh, I just want to have like a tube here. Or, like,
2: yeah. Oil. You have to go through tons of menus. Yeah. And things. you have to, to know what you're doing. Yeah. Whereas in like in, in these VR sculpting programs, it's more intuitive. Yeah. You, you feel like you're moving clay. Yeah. Like um, I, I wanted to say um, like I, I was making like this a, a mouth of a, a shark or something. Yeah. And then, I wanted to do the detail behind the tooth. So yeah. I put my head in its mouth and I was just like carving
0: away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. At, at that point, I
2: thought, wow, I, I, I didn't like to do that in like another program. You'd have to like make a separate tooth, oh my God, make it away, so copy it multiple times. But in this, I was like, I was going to each tooth and I, I felt like a, a dentist or something. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, carving away the, 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 the molds of the tooth. And it just felt really good to, to be doing that. Yeah.
1: I don't think it'd be ready for like production level, I think, just yet. No, no, but I but feel like it has a lot of potential for like, the future, maybe like right. five, ten years or something. It, it, it's, it's
2: relying a lot, lot on the success of VR. Yeah. Um, so there's a space where VR is being used for like um, creative applications, e- educational purposes, and yeah. there's games as well. Um, and we're seeing like um, the Vive Pro, right? HTC Vive yeah. Pro. Um, I, I think um it, it's definitely here to stay and growing. Sort
0: of. Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And yeah. I, I personally sort of like, it's. A, this is the first experience I've seen with actually seeing a VR headset that had inside-out tracking, uh, mostly because I've really only worked with, uh, very briefly with uh, the Oculus headset and mostly with the Vive, uh, and I've done some A-frame exper- uh, experiments on a phone. Um, using sort of like Google Cardboard and stuff like that, Uh, which is really interesting to sort of see that stuff getting up and running. But I I, I think the ease of setup is really important towards crossing that threshold of getting people on board. Uh, mostly because right now, sort of, not everybody wants to create a weird VR setup in their home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a pain in in the butt. It's a, it's a big investment, not just for yeah. money but for actual space. Yeah, and living, and living arrangements. Well, not everybody's going to have the kind of space to be able to do something like that. I I, I like even like the fact that I've got a Vive at home. Mm-hmm. It is nearly impossible to find a place where I can actually set that up where it's useful without yeah. moving everything around. And it's such a hassle to set up just to get working. So. I and mean, like,
1: everyone lives on their own, or with partners who actually, or people who actually want to play, or like have the main picture yeah, yeah. Like, good if you have that, but I don't think yeah. many people would be able to, would be able to fly their, you their know, yeah. lives
2: or husbands. There's also what? something to say about like, activation costs. So, say if I, if I were to play a, a PC game, yeah. or a VR game, but I had to set up my, my towers, my everything. I, I would just go click on my PC thing because, you know, I, yeah. can just set up, I can just get straight into it. But whereas with, with this headset, I can just plug it in and then just go, really. Yeah. I, I, can, I can just start sculpting. You almost have to do
1: a ritual at first, but you like throwing it like around It It saves the
2: boundaries. Oh, so really? Oh okay. Yeah. So, so I have it set up at home, so I just
0: I just bring out so it just brings it yeah, remembers yeah, yeah. where you were last time and sets up the room like the way it was yeah, before. Yeah, no, that's, really that's fantastic. That's great. I mean I, I still like am, am very much of the opinion that as these headsets become cheaper and more available or accessible by other people, um they're going to become a lot more prevalent. And yeah. I think that we're not there yet, but it's really exciting to see this stuff actually come across. So yeah. um and so do you guys feel just out of curiosity, because, like, I, I'm thinking about this because I'm going to go to that uh, that Star Wars Secrets of the Empire thing oh, on Thursday, really which that. I've heard really good things, and that it's one of those, so cool. uh, uh, what's it called, like, the, the Void is the company that makes it, and they're sort of tethered, less uh, backpack yeah. uh, computer VR experiences where they've got sort of hand tracking, and they change the room to match your movements to some degree so sometimes like you'll go open a door and you will actually physically push a door open and the room will Mm -hmm. sort of change so so I went and did the uh the Ghostbusters one in New York um was it like a couple of years ago and that was absolutely incredible and I have some friends that went to the Star Wars one they're like Matt Matt, we have to go. Matt, Matt, let's go. So uh so 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 I'm definitely gonna go check that out. And I'm curious, do you guys see sort of virtual reality? Do you think that there's a direction in which both a consumer level or a sort of experience level uh can coexist? Do you think they'll ever merge?
2: I think they're almost they can um separately coexist because they're, they're almost like two different markets. Yeah. Um the, the experience one is definitely, you, you need the space to be able to create something. Absolutely. Panel. And mm-hmm. I think the level of, of immersion that provides is like, on the on lake, it's so, like, I can't imagine it because I've yeah. done anything like that, but I've seen people, um, trailers, and seen people go to these things. It just, it just, it just seems out of my mind that you can push
0: open a door in real life and then
2: have it be something else in that we're yeah. just seeing. It's it's so cool.
0: Well, there was, the, there was a, um, I, I still remember, um, there's, at least in the Ghostbusters one, there's a bridge that you have to cross, like outside yeah. of this apartment building that's kind of falling apart, and you're putting your hands on this handrail oh, oh, yeah. as you're walking across this thing, and it's just, it's, it's, it's hard to describe the kind of experience without actually having it, mm-hmm. uh, but the more I see stuff like that, the more excited I get about the potential for that type of technology, so...
2: I think people would be more excited about that than having their own like, spaces at home, because. To be able to provide that physical um feedback right in yeah. the real world is it's something really special. Yeah. It's what's kind of missing from um the other VR applications that we have right now. Okay. In in in, a, in, in the, space. Thing, the new yeah. Uh, yeah. new laser tag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or
1: the new paintball. Yeah. yeah. Instead of that, you just get to put on a headset and you yeah. can live tactile in another yeah. one. Yeah. And like I guess it, it was it was the big drop when, when that bridge. Where you cross the bridge, at like a big drop. I guess
0: not that I recall, uh, but like yeah. So like this was just sort of like you had to get to the other side. I think you're just sort of um, going from one building area to the other, sort of like one par- apartment thing. You're chasing down ghosts and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's so cool. yeah. No, it was just it was really cool. And then the fact that sort of what well, what really was also really impressive about that experience, and as I understand that the Star Wars one is supposed to do this as well, um, you can see the other players.
2: Oh and yeah, they, yeah,
0: And, and yeah. that's that even even the fact that. I played around a little bit with some of the social spaces in VR where you've got sort of avatars and weird things but it's 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 one thing to know that this person is in a virtual space near you in the virtual space but know that they're also in the real space yeah uh, it's I, I, I I'm excited to see sort of like what that means yeah, yeah. Um, because uh, that tactile response, like I could go over and shake their hands if I wanted to. I mean, it was a little bit off to the point where like, sometimes we would have collisions that I don't think were intended, Um, but for the most part, it worked extremely well. Um, I think that's really cool. Um, Yeah.
2: I can't wait to see
0: like more of these experiences come up. Yeah. Would would the other I guess the other
1: the characters were like or other people were, have their own character models? Did they, yeah. Did the did the system ever freak
0: out? You know where you see uh, real time with like. Yeah. The you, you know and... I would imagine so, but I think that no, the sure. trick for that is that you're always focusing your attention on other things. Uh, okay. So I'd be really curious. So when I go this Thursday, I'll watch. I'll, 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 I'll see I'm if we have, have really I feel weird, weird like ragdoll be, animations. That'll be my, my highlight. We'll yeah. <laughs> have a serious scene and just like, sort of like
1: yeah.
0: popping out <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, well, I'll definitely uh, definitely sort of um, bring that up. I, I think that now that we're sort of talking about these VR uh, experiences and the things that are looking forward to the future, we also wanted to take some time today to discuss what we're excited about. Uh, Next week, uh, there's uh, the E3 Gaming Conference that's in Los Angeles in the United States. So it's a huge, uh, I guess now it's a press and consumer event, because uh, yeah. people can actually get tickets to it. Um, and uh, I'm just curious, what, what are you guys excited about seeing or not seeing, or do you think will happen uh, while we're there? We had a bit of a conversation about this yeah. before the show, uh, but I think we can definitely talk about quite a few of those I things. I think there's one big title that we are all excited for.
2: I played Prey last year Yeah And they've been hinting at DLC so I think it's think basically confirmed I it's I think Yeah, yeah there Really? Of, there was tons of um, ARGs and stuff like that And I, I'm really hoping they release really something Because I really love Prey. I
1: haven't been following any of that But I love Prey Prey yeah. is like one of I love arcade games uh, Dishonored and being yeah i a Prey, Prey
2: Yeah, I, I just picked up on the women. And I was like, hmm. Whoa I, okay. I, think yeah. I played a demo the day
1: before it yeah. came yeah. out And I was like I've got to have
0: this. There's a moment in that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had the same feeling as you. Um, have you played it, Matt? Uh, you know, I haven't, but I played the original one. Did you guys play the first one? No, I haven't, we haven't. Okay. I would, would like to compare it's, it's them. It's because interesting, because but it's, or, sorry. It's
2: strange because it's like not, it doesn't feel the same at all. No. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. It's completely different. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it had something to do, with like, um, this was meant to be like a system shock. Yeah, I, I it was gonna say, it was basically a system shock uh, spiritual success yeah. almost. And then Bethesda were like, you should use this IP as, right. a, as a thing to so packed yeah, yeah. it on for name, for van recognition or something, which is good and bad. Yeah, like I, you know, shameful people who
1: find a prey virtual prey, but also system system shockers. Right, a good game. <laughs> yeah, it
0: is a good game. It's a fantastic game.
2: I, I just love how um, I think I needed some parts for uh like a. Like a the newer mod to, to level up. Yeah, yeah. So I went around collecting all the bodies in the corner. <laughs> I, I threw them all in the corner and you have this, this tool called the recycling grenade. No, I did that so many times. Yeah. I was like, nah. I need organic matter. So I put all the corpses in the corner, threw this grenade and then collected all their matter and then leveled up with it. Yeah, wow. So I felt really bad, but I needed that one skill point. But yeah. not dead anyway. Oh,
1: fine. Well, yeah. like, I, I haven't played it, but I've heard like there's so many different you don't really get choices but there's different things that respond, so like there's a, there's a character who really responds if you just decide to kill everyone. Yeah, oh wow. Well, there's like a thing where you can kill this character and then go to this other character, and he'll only survive if you kill that character. Yeah, yeah. And then you can and that whole major character, which I don't want to say for spoilers, is cut out the game. Yeah, And, yeah. and you're just like focused on escaping and stuff like that. It's a oh, really, wow. really
0: good game. Well, so, so out of curiosity, just for the people that are listening, would you guys mind just describing what Prey is? Uh, how do you play? What type of game is it? Uh, what's special about it? And then maybe what you would like to see in DLC. So Prey is
2: essentially. Immersive Sim, basically. Immersive Sim, yeah, a yeah. really classic one, um, with like uh, FPS elements, crafting elements, and I wouldn't say it's a horror game, but it's more like... Uh, it, it, there are some parts of it which are scary, but it's more of a... Think System Shock and Bioshock, yeah, and exactly it
0: mixed with D- Deus Ex. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so 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 the one thing I know about this, um, and I don't know if it's spoilery or not, but I've just sort of heard as I listen to other podcasts or read other things as well, don't the objects become animate or something like that? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Some like yeah. about that?
1: Some of them. Okay. Like, there's something called a mimic, and it could yeah. decide, uh, like, this is the most interesting enemy in the whole game. I wish yeah. they had more to do with yeah. that, because that was the most intriguing. Yeah. Like, it actually made it scary in really the early levels, because it could really kill you, really, fast. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, like, you'll just be like, There'll be an object, and it will be anything. It could be a coffee cup, it could be like a chair, and it, sometimes it'll shake, but most of the time you won't notice it, you yeah. just walk past it, and like, then you just hit it. just jumps at you. Yeah. Oh, that's and terrifying. It's so good.
2: Uh, I remember there was one scene in the game where, I don't think it's spoiling anything, but you walk into this lab. Yeah. And then uh, there's like this, this scientist is clearly like, oh, got, yeah. he was locked in the room with a mimic and he didn't know who I was. So he's tagged everything as like these post-it notes on the mug. It, it's in like one of the early rooms. It's like, there's a post-it note on everything that's saying not a mimic, not a mimic, not a mimic. Yeah. It's like, it, it's, it's crazy. It, 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 that moment when I walked into that lab, I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a DLC coming out for that and I'm really excited over oh, something cool.
1: Cool. I'm excited for this one game, not because, well, I also interest what they do, but it's it's obviously we've obviously heard it, but There's a lot of tension in the community for out seventy six, because <laughs> it'll either be the best. I told you this yesterday. It'll either be like people love it or people gonna hate it. But there'll be no middle ground of this. Like, yeah, I feel and I feel like no matter what it does, some people will love it, some people will hate it. So like, right, <laughs> I just therefore I just want. I just. There's gonna be a fallout. Yeah. There's to be a fallout.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm
1: kind of interested to see the, the survival aspects, and I would be interested in them having base building in uh, as an integral part of the game, not just like a tacton on them. But have it more like, less solace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also bring, but apparently I don't know if it's true because there's so many rumors about. It. They're gonna bring out more RPG elements, which I would love. Cause yeah. fallout out falls.
0: Awesome. was a good game, but not a good Fallout game, I okay. would consider it. You know, I've actually not played it. I've I played you... it briefly in v- virtual reality, which oh, was interesting. It's like it? When, it's, 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 um, it's fascinating to see it in that space, but it's definitely not made for that space. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was uh, something that came forward, like I got that uh, the Vive headset and it came with Fallout VR mm. and uh, the Doom VFR game. Uh, and I played the Fallout one first just because I was really excited about being inside that world yeah. and sort of seeing and, and the fact that you can still see and experience that world from the perspective of virtual reality is fascinating. Yeah. It's really, really cool. But it's completely different than a game that's built for the ground up from VR with yeah, VR yeah. in mind, because you're still beholden to the uh, ways that you interact with the game are the same mm. as you do with the controller and it's not necessarily something that matches up they've done some things where they they try to make things a little bit better with uh the um you know the controller so that you're actually able to do certain things with the menu mm. and they've done smart decisions on the layout of where the buttons go so that they make sense for a player in virtual reality mm. because they can't really see the controller but it doesn't work as well as say for example uh, I think I was talking with Billy recently about um, uh the l a noir case files v r version and I think for that's fantastic and what's really cool about that is 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 talking about a game that was designed for a different play style that they've really gone back and rethought how the player experience is supposed to be yeah. um and that's the first time i've ever uh one of the ways that you can walk in that game they give you three options and sort of describe what they are one yeah. sort of like point one's um, I think sort of like a, a movement-type thing with the controller. Uh, but the one that I ended up using the most, which I thought would be very gimmicky, is you walk by sort of using your hands <laughs> and shaking up balls, it so it's just being like I'm sure it looks absolutely strange, but it works surprisingly well. Um, and uh, for someone that, that really enjoys that idea of room-scale VR and walking mm. around, you still have that, and it feels more natural to go from a sort of movement, even if it's a little bit weird and stilted, um, to a more natural movement uh, yeah. than it would otherwise be. And that, that, that's, that's really interesting. It's nice to see sort of like them rethinking it. With that said, I don't think there's a way they could have done that with Fallout 4. That game's huge. Yeah. So, um... Well with Bethesda games, I always think
1: they, they release their games too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're talking about this, they released, like, can you tell me that they released Skyrim 8 times, I'm sorry, I'm, I am not Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I bought
2: Skyrim more
0: yeah. than a time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say how many, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just make another one, okay. yeah. just make Maybe. another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I so, so yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Like, do you do you guys think there's an actual chance that they might bring out like not necessarily an Elder Scrolls game, but a remastered like Morrowind or Oblivion? It'd take more effort. They'd have
1: to retexture stuff. Yeah. And um, I feel like I don't really see the point. They I mean, could. Yeah. I'm like I was really hoping when they mentioned they might be remastering something for it to be Oblivion. Yeah. I'm like well, I I I jumped on the ship and I have a very really good fond memories, but. Let's be honest, it's going to be too much work to make it into like a... Yeah, um, yeah. It's no,
2: no, no. um, I was going to say, I'll, I'd buy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've mean, i intended <laughs> to, like if, if, if it
1: but if it was just like a a, a 64-bit uh, version of the same game, like yeah. involve, um, be, it would involve the... It needs to have one?
0: something special. It, needs you can have, it, really. it can't be just special edition, yeah, yeah. it needs
1: to be actually special. Yeah,
0: yeah. right. I feel
2: like with um, Dark Souls Remastered that just came out, a lot of people aren't happy with it because... Mm-hmm. It hasn't really added anything. Yeah, there's some texture improvements and some lighting improvements, and there's a 60 FPS I think in yeah. areas, but it hasn't really added any content or mm-hmm. fixed
0: any major parts, Right. So, well, so so that's a question. Like out of curiosity, I I I'm on the fence on a lot of these remastered editions that have been coming out recently, especially oh, yeah, like I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, and and there's there's something to be said for modernizing something. Uh versus keeping it the way that it was. And uh, because sometimes, like, it's more like... I, I like some of those games that mm-hmm. have the option to say, for example, you push a button like Full Throttle Remastered or Grim Fandango Remastered yeah. or something like that, where you push a button and all of a sudden you've got the original game. Huh, yeah. Oh, and yeah, like, um, really easy to play. But, yeah. yeah. Halo. Yeah, yeah, Those ones were really button, well done. really, cool. like, I gave you a little yeah. nostalgia. Yeah. Um, and it's it's fantastic to see sort of like that, that Version that caters to both sides of the the audience. Well, it's good. It's good to like
1: see sh- the game in context of when it was when it was released originally. Right.
0: Yeah. I think you mentioned this
2: the other day when we were talking. Um, so um, I wanted to play Fallout Two. Yeah. But it was quite dated now, so it's yeah. kind of hard to get into. Yeah. If, if there was something like a remaster just to make it, you know, um, mm. feel more friendly to right. the modern audience, that would be that be cool, cool as well.
1: I'd be kind of. That, but I also quite like like. I love and hate the original I I love them. Yeah. And like after a while, but it, it, it gets too much for me, like, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's just, it's just I just don't, well not just interface, it's like, I'm an energy weapon hauler, and so yeah. like a uh, hoarder, and I, uh, there's, there's never any energy weapons at the beginning of games, yeah. like, I, I basically said to myself, who barely know anything about those type of games, um, extra hard mode for like, yeah. the whole yeah. game, yeah. so I was like, I just basically like, befriend everyone, and just yeah. like, Come along my adventure and they will die <laughs> every single time. Yeah. i actually them to survive, and I think I went to the Master's base and like, one of the had like a minigun and it just pff, obliterated like three of them in a row. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like one shot, I was like, I ain't gonna undo that. Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> I got power on that time, so it was like, <laughs> I'm good. I think old games are just generally harder.
2: Yeah, it's a a good game bad. Game too. design, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's a misnomer or if that's an actual thing because, like, I feel like there's a, um, a stigma that old games are more difficult and I mean, not, I've been playing emulated games recently Yeah. i was playing Quack Attack. Oh, something. wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, was that yes, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. And, um,
1: like it's not hard, hard, but for a kids game back then, I'm like damn, it's oh, yeah. frustrating. It's, yeah. it's a frustrating game. Yeah, I've only, only the first part, and I'm just like, yeah, it is. I think <laughs> PS One previous were I think they were generally harder. I feel like before they came more mainstream,
0: and I think we started catering. To yeah, that. okay, so so I'm a little bit older than you guys. Uh, as as I understand, I think probably maybe five or six years older than you. So like I grew up. Uh, my first console that I ever really played was a Super Nintendo, um, and sort of like I came in on that, my friends had Nintendos when I was growing up, but we didn't have one at home, uh, but I still remember, like, Pilot Wings and Super Mario World, and those games, uh, have you guys, uh, like, what era did you guys grow up with, and have you guys gone back any further than that? Yeah, so, so my first console was a PS1. Yeah.
2: So... <laughs> <laughs> Not the first one the house but my first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um I can't remember actually any difficult games. There was that um Replay them. <laughs> yeah, some of them were quite <laughs> hard. Them. I think the big problem was that, was that I didn't have a memory card. So yeah. We just kept playing oh, that is, oh, that is no. so
1: relatable. It's <laughs> like Jack and Dexter original one. I, I got it before getting a memory card. Yeah. To, like, see how far yeah. I can get every yeah. time. Oh, no. I used to get to the second part all the time. But yeah. yeah. Say that... Primitive form of speed running. Like,
2: yeah. I knew the first level of Toy Story like, by heart. Yeah. i still I'm, do it. PS1? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Uh, I think um, we got to like uh, Al's toy barn or something. Okay. On on one level, I think this is on this is on Dreamcast. I didn't have a memory card for that as well. Uh, yeah. yeah. But we got there, and then like we didn't turn the Dreamcast off for like two days. Cause yeah. we didn't want to lose the focus. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> <Very maybe. reasonable. laughs>
0: yeah. yeah.
2: But um, I, I I can't actually remember any games being super difficult. Yeah. Have you ever gone to like?
1: got to a point where you can never complete a certain action when you were a kid, but you come back to it as an adult and you do
0: it the first time. Yeah, yeah. I've I've gotten completely the opposite of that, like where it's like, okay, I couldn't yeah, I used to be able to do this with the back of my hand like when I was a kid. and yeah, then I go yeah, back and yeah. it's like how did I ever beat this game? Well but
1: this, like <laughs> have you ever played Jack and Dexter? Yeah. There's this one freaking power cell where you have to jump on this thing and yeah. go through it for like a time trial. Awful, awful. You <laughs> could never do it. It's the last power cell I could never get tried it first time when we remastered. Straight away. Mm. And I was like. Maybe they moved It was this, bro- broken. It was uh, so many broken controllers because of that. Yeah. Like, that.
2: Like, <laughs> that yeah. Power cell. yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My connector falls. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad they didn't have to make you collect all of them. But they said you couldn't, you know, there's one. It'd have to, but still. Yeah. Well,
0: that's fantastic. Well, um, we are running pretty low on time at this point. Um, So I want to sort of ask real quick uh, whether there was anything else that you guys were thinking about at E3. I'd love to maybe sort of bring up like the fact we're talking about you guys both started off with the PlayStation, the chances of maybe a PlayStation 1 classic there's been rumors Mm -hmm. of recently. Uh, whether or not you guys would get something like that or that interests you. Uh, I don't know where they would be able to sort of keep all that storage, and so there's tons of games that are- actually, you know what, let's, let's go there. If, if you guys got to pick three games for a PlayStation 1 Classic, if they made it, what would they be?
1: See... one of my... Okay, I'm gonna pick my ones I remember most vividly from my childhood. Digital World 1, which is fucking hardcore. Okay. Sorry to swear. Uh, Spyro Dragon.
0: Yeah. Oh, they're making a remaster I know, I know, yeah, I, um, I feel like I'm yeah. wasting that. No, that's okay, but still. Spyro Dragon, Digimon
1: World 1, and, uh, I don't know, um... He didn't like me to think of,
0: at the time I thought this was so super realistic. Mm. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 1. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, that's a really good choice. That's a good choice. Um, I'm gonna take that one from you. I'm gonna also say definitely Metal Gear Solid, the original one. Uh, I'd also like to maybe put in... Oh boy, it was in my head a minute ago, and now I can't remember at all. Um, uh, so Metal Gear Solid one. I don't know where I can only think of Einhander right now. Uh, or Ur- was it Einhander or Urge- no Ur guys was that that Square Enix fighting game? And yeah, then and Einhander you know, was the shooter. Um, I can't like crock and stuff. Yeah. Um. And uh, oh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. So I can definitely say those two for sure. I think the third one. There are so many games that I'd like to add to that list, and I'm not sure what I would pick. But uh, what about you, Billy? Oh, I, there... I was
2: much younger, so I didn't really play like, the scary games. Yeah, yeah, you know. Really. <laughs>
0: so, uh, t- um, Tony Hawk's. Tony Hawk. Yes. Oh, that's it's a one. really good choice. Um, yeah. Two. yeah. Which which one?
2: One, two, or three? Um, I can't
1: remember which one. It's, I think it's two. Yeah. One of the Foundry. Yeah. Yeah. During the airplanes and Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: Whatever well, ones. uh life of death. I uh,
0: um, no, I definitely think Crash Bandicoot is a lot, but I mean we can play that now. Yeah. Uh I think that's I think an think essential sort ones, of yeah. like is it like if, if you were to put together a collection of like the best games on PlayStation, or yeah. at least a, a a collection of games that really spoke to what the PlayStation was, I think Crash Bandicoot has to be on that list. Yeah. Uh what else was there? I'm trying
2: to think. Uh-huh. I definitely play Toy Story way too much. Oh, yeah, I love Toy Story. Go on this thing I can never get past one of them. I, I had the PS1 in a w- weird stage because I, I got that and I got the Dreamcast as well. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just played like Sonic Adventures. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good game. And then... Um, there was another weird one. Oh, what was it? It's like a... You want honest, sp- it's um, oh, I the... Can't, I can't remember it but it's I'll good. remember it next time. Um, it's like a...
0: It's like a graffiti thing. Jet Set Radio. Is that, yeah, oh, is yeah. that Jet Set and Jack Brown Radio? Like the Dreamcast no, but, one, I definitely. The... It's like an Xbox one, too. So like oh, yeah. Jet Set Radio Futures, the Xbox. I have Jet Set Radio. Oh, on. those are great. Oh, oh, yeah, those games are fantastic. I remember playing that with my babysitter. And it was yeah. Like... <laughs> I, can, oh, man. I can still remember the, um, the tunes of them, but. <laughs> Jet Set
1: Radio.
0: Oh, a, dream, a Dreamcast classic would be fantastic, also. Like, I mean. Oh, Dreamcast is. Um- it's very underrated, isn't it? Like nobody, so. No one no, yeah. ever played it, because obviously, was it too expensive? Or... Well, no, I think it was just the PlayStation 2 was coming out, yeah. and everybody knew it was. Oh. So like, it, it just got to the point where yeah. um, it was severely underpowered compared to it, and sort of like that was just, like, there was a shadow of this second PlayStation. That yeah. was. And it's unfortunate, because the Dreamcast, I think, was a really good system, and Absolutely. I think that a lot of people... I, I got probably... donated one, and it was... I really?
1: It. I, yeah, this, I think... Um, one of my family's friends was like, probably got a girlfriend, just did, threw away all his uh, consoles, and I got a GameCube and a Dreamcast. And... <sighs> oh, wow, so, that's yeah. awesome. So, I would have never played it otherwise. Yeah. Obviously, I wouldn't know about it because I, was, I think, six at the time. Okay. But yeah, that was really good. Play oh, Sonic cool. Adventures 1.
0: <sighs> I can't remember, there's so many good games. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you to it, but Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I just want to sort of say thank you to both of you guys for coming here. I know we're sort of mid-conversation, so we will take this back up next week. Uh, once we get a chance to uh, take a look at the actual press conferences, we'll see if any of the things that we're hoping for, the pre DLC, or find out exactly what Fallout 76 is. Uh, my personal vote is I really want them to make an uh, announcement for Mother 3. Uh, But I've been waiting for that forever uh, because I'd love to actually play that. Uh, And I saw an article where somebody was saying, hey, I'd like them to put that out. And I was like, hey, let's put that back out in the world. Um, But with that said, uh, we will be returning uh, soon to sort of talk about this in more detail once we've actually seen the things that are coming out. Uh, If you're in the London area, uh, there is a E3 viewing party at a bar called Loading Server uh, in Shepherd's Bush. They're doing one... uh, uh, I think it starts around 6 p.m. A bunch of us are gonna be there if you wanted to meet us in person, say hi, or sort of discuss games with us. Um, We're also really excited to sort of see what's coming out with that. Uh, If you've got any suggestions or remembrance about uh, classic games, which is not exactly where I thought this conversation was gonna go, uh, feel free to shoot us a message uh, at our Twitter, at underscore experience play, uh, or our email at contact at PlayfulExperiences.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, any questions that you have for us uh, as we're making the podcast next week or anything that you're curious to hear us speak about more. Uh, And we'll be back next week to talk about uh, some new things. Uh, Billy, uh, did you want to share contact information? How can they find you and what you're working on?
2: Um, You can find me on Twitter, uh, at W-I-C-H-A-Y-A underscore K. And uh, we're working on Chronifold right
0: now. Cool. I will have to slow up my Twitter, so I'll tell you next week to be continued. Yeah, to be continued, and we might throw it in the show notes as well. Uh, And I'm Matt DeLine on Twitter. If you wanted to reach out and find me there directly, uh, and we'll share more information soon. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.